Thank you for listening to Drinking with Authors. This podcast contains adult themes, adult language, adult subjects, including alcohol, sex, and solipsistic existential nihilism. Now we ask if you are drinking along with us to please drink and listen responsibly. And we are we are recording. Okay, hello and welcome to Drinking with Authors, the episode of the century. We finally have in, yes, we finally have in one place all of your favorite hosts. Um, so I will start out with introducing Erica. Erica Lance is on the podcast today. Hello, hello. Hello, Valerie Willis. Hi. Nobody We'll try that again. J.M. Paquette, welcome. <laughs> I'm here, too. Okay, and after a four-month-long hiatus, the amazing, the irreverent, the impossible-to-pin-down Austin Scott Collins, welcome. It wasn't entirely a hiatus. Part of it was a low hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, there were and highs true. and lows to the ATIS, is all I'm saying. <laughs> that was a very descriptive ATIS. It yeah, really is good to have you back. Yeah, there were some periods of mid-ATIS as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you describe the mid-ATIS? <laughs> I really enjoyed the like mid-ATIS. That. I mean, you know, back to the future. Mm-hmm. Just like that, we, we're uh, really glad to have Austin back. Okay. Um, in true, Are we talking about what we're drinking? Oh, yeah. yeah, I was getting, I was getting there, waiting for the introduction. Erica's no wait. Erica's having a hard time not being the star of the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> Erica, she does have a problem with that. Um, I do. <laughs> so, in in true true to form, drinking with authors, Erica, what are you drinking today? I am drinking actual apple cider like the juice with honey jack in it and i i, I had it warmed earlier this is my second cup yeah. that's cold and apparently she served me a warm one and then serves me a cold one but i didn't hear the part that it was going to be cold this time and about snorted it out my nose <laughs> I, I, I again why valerie can't have nice things no so, that's what's happening here <laughs> Valerie, what are you drinking? The the now cold apple cider and honey jack. Oh, okay. Coffee cup. Tap. What, what? How did that come? <laughs> Damn, what are you? So <laughs> drunk. I have a, a raspberry bubbly because I was told I'm not allowed to drink water. There we go. Because you're boring when you just say water with your alcohol problem. It's a sensible drink. It's a sensible drink. And Austin, what are you drinking today? I made a special trip to the store just to get Kraken rum in honor of this podcast today. Kraken rum. You know, they denied our sponsorship. They don't want to sponsor us. Oh, yeah, that's true. We did Out of of spite, I should continue to drink it anyway. Yes, drink it out of spite. You showed them, Austin. (laughs) We'll put pictures of their stuff all over our social media. But I'm going to get Kraken stickers and like wear them all over my body. Pasties, new Kraken pasties. <laughs> like an nothing like an octopus grabbing the nipples. That should be one of your new books, Val. No. <laughs> oh. Adam, so, uh, 
so what am I drinking? Um, espresso and tea. I have two drinks today. None of them alcoholic. Oh, someone's going to supervise us. We're already like all over the place. We're already <laughs> place. We are. I don't think it's a we situation here. So okay. Drinking with Authors has 43 episodes, uh, all of which um, there's been a mixture of you guys doing interviews with local authors and some not so local, some pretty big deals. Um, I guess we could just go through and see which each of yours was your favorite interview and uh, some some things that uh, you guys want to talk about in those episodes, if you can remember them. I know there's uh, that name of the show is Drinking with Authors, so it might be hard to remember. So, Erica, do you want to start it off with something? I would. I Oh, my favorite one. Um, I think, I think for me, it's a little bit of a tie because interviewing Jonathan Mayberry was probably the the biggest deal possible because he's fucking amazing and funny. And that was like nerdy girl. And I actually get the opportunity to interview him again for something else here. He requested that I be the interviewer for it. What? Yeah. So that neat. Yeah. So that was amazing. But the other one that I thought was, um, an absolute, uh, ton of fun was, um, Connie Harris, Connie Y. Harris, because, uh, you know, I've known Connie and she's, um, and, uh, she's older than me. That's how I put it. And she is one, one snarky little person. <laughs> she's a dirty girl. I, I, ha- I have to agree. Like out of listening through all of our podcasts, Connie Harris has to be my, my favorite episode because that's who I want to be when I'm her age. <laughs> that's my role model. As for who I've interviewed, I would have to say my favorite was Jeff Strad, because the whole discussion about the fan was so left-wing. He's like, well, I thought it was funny, and we're like, no, we have to agree with your wife. It was not, it was not funny. No, that was, was a stalker. Funny. Yes. See, that went out of turn. Oh, I'm sorry. She I'm was sorry. Drinking, but you no, know, it's okay. No, you go. I don't want to be... Uh holding the reins too much on this. But, um, so that was that was it, Valerie, for you? That's it. will be quiet. I'm going to try to finish this. <laughs> JM, what about you? I am I'm still working through it. Let Austin go. I'm remembering. Okay. Austin. You need drink! Let Austin go. I wish more people would say that. <laughs> I do it every day, Austin, even when I can't see you because of, you know, things and stuff and stuff. Just turn Austin loose. Let Austin be Austin. Uh, we're talking about our favorite interviews. Was that the question? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think Erin Greenwood. I think was one of my favorites. She's just hilarious. She is, and she doesn't even realize how funny she is. She's yeah, so she's, cool. Is she she says something that? about people just bringing their dogs over or something. Uh, that's well, that's when you talk to Erin. It's always going to be about dogs. That's like <laughs> she has she has a monorail mind, and it's just a dog. Absolutely, but and all her books are about dogs. So you guys get to you guys interview local authors. You you well, you interview authors in general, but um, I've never heard anyone ask you the kinds of questions because you guys are authors yourself. So I figured I could throw some rapid fires. Um, oh, 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 you guys are ready. 
Oh. Yeah, sure. You gotta have to. You have to say who you're asking. Then Val will chime in anyway because he wasn't asked. <laughs> yeah. <that. laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll start with Jen since she she got she skipped her. Well, uh, my my favorite was one that that got messed up and and wasn't aired. So we have to we get to redo it, which oh, I'm excited about. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been fun. Okay, what's your question? <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Um, wait, Jen was an epi- was a guest on the podcast, so she's been asked all of these questions, hasn't she? That's true. Go ahead and ask her again. No, not not really, because we never actually get around to asking questions about books and writing. That's just that never <laughs> happens. Uh, we always get derailed. So Erica's sure. good for two solid questions: favorite book, least favorite, and then she loses it from there, mm. or finds it uh, either way. Yeah, and you sometimes get the plotter and answer questions. Yeah, so yeah. I'll ask that. Jen, are you a plotter or are you a panther? Oh, God, I'm a pantser. Solid pantser. I only plot when Erica yells at me and is like, you need an outline. And then I write an outline. And then I'm like, okay, maybe that was a good, that was good for me. That was a good exercise. But I generally don't do that. I don't take Erica for the plotting type. I feel like she fervently disagrees with that sentiment. But I could be wrong. Well, you know what? I actually have to say this because I have the opportunity to write with Austin as well. And we do an outline of what we write. The problem with Jen is that some stuff <laughs> she can totally pants. Did you know this was going to happen, Jen? Well, the problem with you is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're on trial. If you listen Surprise. to her try to explain how she can't get past a certain point, and then I'm listening to her go on and on, and it's very non sequitur. And I'm like, maybe, maybe you should lay out your timeline. Maybe you should just do that because, like, weird crap is because I'm like, well, why don't they do this? Oh, no, they already did that. And I'm like, well, you didn't mention that they already did that. She's like, oh, yeah, no, I already wrote that part. <laughs> it's because I write out of order, which is what messes with me. And then I have to go back and fill in holes. So outlining is good. I just, I resent having to do it. So there you go. Fun, fun stuff. What's your uh, least favorite book? I think I know what your favorite book is, but we'll start off with the least favorite book. My least favorite book? Oh, I don't remember what I answered for this one. Um, I I am not a fan of Ayn Rand. I'm going to throw her ass under the bus right now. The Fountainhead (laughs) (laughs) makes me so angry. I, I don't like people who use the idea that they're they they pretend to tell a story, but really they just want to like share their their pol- politics with you. I was like, if you want to do politics, just like write an essay. Don't pretend that it's a story because it's not. If or or do it, you know. I always think of the Marquis de Sade, who was like, I have political thoughts, and people were like, we don't give a fuck, and he was like, well, how about if if I just have lots of sex, and people were like, I'm sorry, you were saying, so. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I guess we'll move on to Valve. I'm looking at the screen. I'm trying to go in order from the way I see you guys from right to left. Val, are you what are you on the right side? You're on the <laughs> He is asking you a fucking question. What was the question? weirdo? <laughs> Plotter Panzer. I am a plotter. I plot. I mostly plot. It sometimes it's it's in like summary, like I write a summary or almost like a, a back of the book blurb. Sometimes I do that for every chapter. Uh, depending what genre or pen name I'm writing under, depends how formalic, for, for blah, 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 blah. You mean formulaic? Thank you. That I end up being. <laughs> See, she's my translator today. 
Um, <laughs> today. Okay. <laughs> um, like gin, though, sometimes with my more fantasy-based stuff, it gets it can get tough um, because I'll have a roundabout outlined, and then shit hits the fan, and I'm like, well, shit, now I got to add like eight chapters between point A and B. So, but for the most part, I do, never. I do a lot of plot. I do a lot of research and organizing of chaos coming from whatever this region is. <laughs> I love your chaos. And I, I think I like it, and I also don't like it at times. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just that about covers it, doesn't it? <laughs> Oh, this conversation just like went into like a weird. Are we talking about the same thing? Because it's not. Depends on what you're talking about. Here, that's not gonna help. Honey, Jack hit me hard. It seems like the opposite of pantser should be unpantser. You know, you're unpantsed. We're all unpantsed. This episode has turned into a personal attack on Val, so it's been an hour telling her. I'm used to this. What's your least least favorite book? My least favorite? I don't finish them. I do not finish them. You don't hook me. And sometimes it's from an author alike. If the story does not hook me in that first chapter or first few pages, I will not go any further. Just can't do it. Twilight can't do it. Fifty Shades of Grey can't do it. Um, Harry Potter I enjoyed, except for the last book. I just put it down. I'm like, can't do it. We'll be writing personal letters to Stephanie Meyer and J.K. Rowling. <laughs> from yeah, you, know the, you know the address to complain to, folks. <laughs> it is alexwillis at gmail.com. <laughs> You give her the address so they can reply back with a nice letter. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not really fair to complain about a book you haven't read, and that's the thing is that if you haven't if you don't like it, you don't finish it. I mean, who finishes a book you don't like unless like you're being paid to read it? If if you're not a professional reviewer, if you hate a book, you stop reading it. That's the thing. So yeah, unless I don't think I've ever finished a book that I was really really not enjoying. Mm. I, I spent oh. years in school reading books I did not enjoy. Well, that's okay. Yeah, like when you're in school. But yeah. I mean, that was so long ago. I mean, back there, everything was in black and white, you know, and there were dinosaurs everywhere. It's just like, talking to, in the modern sphere of things that a podcast audience is going to understand. We used to do this thing where they made us read books in school. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. They don't do that anymore. They let no. you pick the book that you're going to read. Yeah. Yeah. We used to get a personal pan pizza out of it too. Oh, oh yeah, man, those were the days. Oh, they had, oh, they had really worse. good pizza in in the cafeteria when I was a kid. No, I mean Pizza Hut personal pan pizzas. They had a summer reading thing. Yeah, you had to bring in the list of the books that you read, and you got a free pizza. Yeah, <laughs> you'd read about you'd read like I think it was a hundred books, right? You read a hundred yeah. books, and yeah. then you come in at the end of summer vacation, and you turn it in, and they give you a personal pan pizza. And then at some point I realized, you know, I can read a hundred books anytime I want. And I can also go out and buy a personal pan pizza anytime I want. Oh my God. The whole moral infrastructure is just falling apart around my (laughs) eyes here. I mean, I just. (laughs) 
Isn't that around the same time they had the Bigfoot pizza? Yeah. <laughs> I remember the Bigfoot. That was an interesting experiment in culture and cuisine in yeah. America. It was it was kind of a moment. Yeah. I don't remember that. My goodness, we've moved on. Bigfoot pizza? No. Yeah, how many books do you have to read to, to get a Bigfoot pizza? I mean, I think you'd have to, you know, do half the library. Yeah, no, I, I don't. Well, that would be a lot of books. But no, I don't remember the Bigfoot pizza thing. I remember the Bigfoot pizza because my mom and the neighbors would invite us over to Pizza Hut and they would just feed us kids one Bigfoot pizza to feed the, all the kids. And they would get the buffet. Okay. The fact that Pizza Hut had buffets is a whole other yeah, topic. No, I don't want to talk about. Yeah. I'm sure in my age now. <laughs> how do you? How did you prove that you read the book to you get the pizza? Had, you just had a list of books title and titles. I think they probably looked at the handwriting because you're supposed to write the date that you finished it. Oh but I God. imagine you could have just written them all at once. Stupid color pencil. Yeah, use use like several different types of pencils and several yeah. different types of pens, and use a slightly different handwriting each time. Like it was a different time of day, and you were in a different mood. And you crinkle the paper real good. Yeah, give give us some age. So you know, you know, they could probably hire a bunch of you know forensic investigators to go back and look at all those notes, and then I guess they could charge you for the value of all those pizzas. Mm-hmm. Put more effort into not reading the books and getting the free pizza than actually reading the books. That's what I would do. I'm sure. Yeah, I know. And those of us who are reading books all the time, anyway. I mean, it's like, well, may as well get rewarded for the effort. But then, of course, you have to admit what you're actually reading, and then your teachers are going to be all like weirded out. Yeah. Did you guys have teachers take books away from you? I got in trouble all the time. What? What? I, yeah. The teacher would be like, "You're too young to be reading this," and they would take right. it away. I never, I never encountered any of that. Right. I, I, I had a teacher correct one of my poems because she said that wasn't a real word. Oh, what no. word was it? What word was it? Rive. R i v e. Rive. It yeah, means to tear or split apart or rend. Yeah. And I thought it was a very effective word to use in a poem. And um, we had this little like elementary school uh, poetry journal. Yeah. And I, and I submitted this poem and the teacher actually like marked it out like visibly like because it was typed. It was typewritten. Right. And she actually like whited it out and wrote in a different word. She wrote in tear, T-E-A-R, like in her own handwriting that you can see in the actual final journal. Oh my goodness! Tis, tis, tis. I'm still bitter about it. I was like in fourth grade. Um, oh. I had I had a high school teacher try to take away Gaijin by James Clavell, saying it was too adult for me. <laughs> and then I pointed out that you just had us read a short story about a woman who slept next to a dead body and did what else to it, and that shut her up. <laughs> I'm like, what short story has a dead body? There, a, rose a rose for Emily. Emily. By a Rose for Emily by Faulkner. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that. Ethan Frome, for crying out loud. Oh, my God. They made, us, they made us read Ethan Frome. I mean, two people try to commit suicide by sledding into a tree. I mean, I think that opens the door. You can read whatever you want after that. Yeah. I mean, you read Edgar Allan Poe really early. Annabelle Lee, you know, you got yeah. dead bodies all over the place. I know. I'm, you know, sitting there in middle school, and she's coming around. And it's like, you know, why do you have Justine and philosophy in the bedroom? Why did because you wanted to read the political theory. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm learning all kinds of stuff. This has not been my experience. <laughs> I can't believe I'm like sitting here going, 
So I read To Kill a Mockingbird and Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Adam, continue us on. This is, yeah. Um, I think Erica, Plotter Panther, least favorite book. Total Panther, except for when I have to do outlines with Austin and, yeah. Yes, then I insist. He does insist um, that we do outlines, which is probably good because of the method of our writing, which is since we're writing basically two stories that have to converge together, we do have to have some points of reference. So I appreciate that. And then, um, but most of the time I'm a pantser. Although I have to say, I'm writing a serial killer novel now, and I am having to do a few plot points and stuff because it's more of a, a mystery it's very plot or it's very plot focused. So there is that. And then least favorite book um, that I actually read. I'm trying to think what the least favorite book I actually read. I started to try to read um, to uh, 50 shades of gray and that's fucking garbage to me, fucking garbage. And it pisses me off that mm. it did so well. Um, I did not. What? I was going to say, you didn't come when, when we had a friend who would read it out loud to us, and then they, they drank wine and ate cheese balls, and then it was fine. I'm, I'm Oh, my God. It's just fucking terrible. But I actually I had a, friend's buy, a friend buy me the Twilight series, so I felt obligated to read it. Oh. And I did not enjoy the Twilight series at all. I just didn't. But I had to realize, because Jen berates me about this, that it's not – it wasn't written for me. So – I, yeah, that, that's what I would say. But I, I bring that up on the podcast all the time that I hate them. Apparently, our friend Jonathan Mayberry may get Laurel K. Hamilton to be on our podcast. So I might have to not have me interview her after calling her out for. Oh, oh no, we're going to put you there. <laughs> we have more complaint letters to write. Yes. <laughs> and also, so you're, so you're a panther when it suits you and a plotter when you're critiquing other people. Yes, I can be an absolute critique. <laughs> I think when it comes, you know, it's interesting when it comes to writing, we, we have learned on this podcast, there are so many different ways and it doesn't just fit into one box. No, never. Like, people are very different with their methodologies. But, and, and I think it's interesting if you, if you decide you have to stay in one box, that might be very limiting to you. Like finding out that Jen needs to actually write an outline to her story and like a family tree and like a map. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because she fucking, she renamed characters. She just changes their <laughs> name randomly. And that was a mistake. Or they're all J's. Are all J's. They all start with J's. Everybody has a J first name. And uh, <laughs> let's make sure my characters weren't related accidentally. I well, you know, in, in Of Mice and Men, Steinbeck does that. He gives every character a C name. So, yep. I mean, that's that's a perfectly valid choice, and you can, you know, defend it to critics. I mean, if I'm going to name a JC character, because it's supposed to be some sort of Christ figure, that's different. But, yeah, I suck at names. Not my strength. Thank you. That, that's uh, question. What, what do you what? think, as authors, I'm, I'm sorry. But what do you think no, of okay. the weaknesses? Like, what is something you're not good at? And I'm going to throw this over to Austin first. Austin is an author. What do you think you're not good at? I hate doing transitions. That's my big thing. I'll, uh, I'll write a scene where, you know, there's two characters in a hotel room having a conversation. And then the subsequent scene is the two of them are in a rental car. And both scenes are great. But now I need to get them out of the hotel and into the rental car 
in some way other than writing a really lame line like, they left the hotel and got into the rental car. You know, I need to find some some interesting detail that justifies me mentioning the fact they are now leaving the hotel and getting in the rental car. I'll wind up at the end of the writing process with dozens and dozens and dozens of wonderful scenes that are not linked together by anything <laughs> other than chronology. So now I have to find a way to connect them with, you know, with interstitial tissue. And that that is just, I think eventually, eventually after lots of work, I can I can make it so that it, you don't notice that I am just doing a transition here, but it that that part does not at all come naturally to me, and it's all, I always save it for last because it's the part I enjoy the least. Wow. Yeah. Well, names names are my weakness, um, but I also suck at writing politics, um, like any kind of political stuff. I yeah I hate it so. Bow. Tense. I'm, I suck at tense issues. I never had a teacher correct me all through elementary, high school, and middle school. And then in college, my freshman college teacher did not do me any justice, and she didn't correct it either. So it's a bad habit that I've built years writing that my poor editors now have to endure and help me with. <laughs> Like, how is it present past or whatever? And I'm like, ah, I don't know. It was yesterday and now it's tomorrow, but it's right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually kind of profound. Unless I, you're William Faulkner. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to use italics to print this thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's so true. You know. It was the best of times, yet it is the worst of times. And then it will be <laughs> some like kind medium of times. <laughs> I actually have realized that <laughs> besides using the word realize, um, <laughs> my biggest thing is wanting to use he said, she said, you know, like the dialogue, in, in the dialogue, like adjusting it because it's not that I'm bad at the dialogue. I'm actually, I think dialogue is one of my strong points mainly because I like to talk, but I think that trying to not go, he said this, she said this, he said this, you know, and putting it more into that's, that's a, a weakness. And it's funny because it's been pointed out to me. So now when I'm writing it, I'm like acutely aware of this situation. And sometimes I'll just write the dialogue and then go back to it. Cause I'm like, I don't know how to transition into this, this situation. It's something I'm having to learn. Yeah, there, there's my weakness. There's a lot of body language and dialogue. There is a lot of body language and dialogue, but I think that you can, I don't know, that's where I have a hard time, which I think is, I wouldn't have thought that. I need new words for nod and shrug. Everybody in my books nods and shrugs during dialogue. Like, no, there's got to be something else you do with your body. No, that's true. Horatio looked at the door as if you were concerned there might be a moose on the other side. And then what did he say? That's the what, what does that look like, though? <laughs> Horatio made the universal gesture for, I think there might be a moose there. <laughs> I didn't know that was a universal gesture. It, it, Jen, where have you been? There's yeah. lots of universal gestures around. I feel like this is Canadian right now. <laughs> Horatio cringed, knowing there was probably a moose. Oh, that's true. Mm -hmm. What else, Adam? Uh, well, since literature is such an uh, important part of the podcast, I thought we could talk about the other side of the podcast, which is drinking. 
maybe uh, we could go down the line and hear some of your most outrageous drunken mishaps or good times. I mean, Jen, we'll have to talk about something else. (laughs) I can talk about when I discovered I was allergic to alcohol. Before before you got allergic to alcohol. Never really drunk. Like, I've never been drunk and thrown up or anything. I was a boring drinker. I will agree with that. I've known Jen through her drinking. But I do remember when you first started finding out you were allergic to alcohol. Because we used to drink cherry bombs, which is vodka... Uh, cherry vodka mixed in Red Bull because uh-huh. none of that's ever a I good idea those. physically. But we were at a bar and she drank one and her entire chest and neck turned bright red. And, and that's a thing. That's a thing. Like that's it's uh, Asian flesh, I think is what it's called. But you uh, you get it. A lot of people get that. It was just that mine progressed to, oh, my God, my my tongue is numb and filling up my mouth and I can't feel my face and I'm having a hard time breathing here. This is really weird. I should probably not drink anymore. <laughs> my favorite was when she told me she ate tiramisu because it was so good brandy. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. I had port wine cheese, guys, and I was like, I'm going to die. That's, yeah, port wine cheese. <laughs> Not cool. I'm the only person with an EpiPen fucking dessert. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, see. Austin, what is your, one of your favorite drinking stories? Favorite or most memorable? (laughs) I would like to go with both. Start with favorite and then move to most memorable. All right. Well, I think one of my fondest memories of uh, youthful drinking was... My friend Ben and I went to this strip club in Orlando back in the days of Zima. You remember Zima? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. And that stuff goes down like Sprite, you know? Flat Sprite. <laughs> well, yes, it's not, it's not super fizzy. But, no. you know, you can, you can just pound one right after the other, and you hardly even notice, you know? Until it's time to get up and leave. (laughs) How many do you drink without getting up? (laughs) Well, they're bringing them to you. This is how, have you never been served alcohol? Do you always like break in (laughs) and steal stuff? (laughs) We agreed to never talk about that. (laughs) I'm just saying, rhetorically speaking. No, but so we've got our own little table there and, you know, we're like right near the foot of the stage and the cocktail waitress just keeps bringing us more Zima. And we're watching the ladies dance. This is like the, the quintessential, you know, adolescent drinking story. And then I just, it, it sort of fades to black after that. And then I just remember being unbelievably regretful for like 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh my well, God. I still, I still get that warm. Yeah. It's like a, you know, like that stripper glow. Um, whenever I see Zima in like old, you know, references to nostalgic memories. That makes sense. Okay, so what is your best then? Mm. Well, I went to this one uh, all-inclusive resort in Jamaica with a young woman that I was uh, dating who would later become my wife. And um, 
because it is super inclusive, including all of the booze, I mean, it's just all these bars all over the resort that'll just give you as much alcohol as you want, day or night, you know, like 24 hours a day. So I would go from, you know, bar to bar and, you know, you could just, you could ask for whatever you want. Top shelf doesn't matter. They would mix it for you. They would give it to you. And, um, most people, especially young people take this as a challenge, right? So they'll show up at a place like this. Like I got to get my money's worth out of this. I got to drink as much as I can, as fast as I can. Right. But I'm like, no, no, I'm more mature than that. I'm going to pace myself. I was there for about a week and I maintained this really nice buzz, like this nice cruising altitude for pretty much the entire week. Like just a very light but pleasant sense of, you know, elevated mood until the last day. Oh, it was no. the last. It was the last day before we were going to have to leave in the morning, and we were in the piano bar, and everyone was singing and dancing and having a good time. And at around midnight, after a long day of drinking, not hard but consistently, I made the switch to champagne. Oh God. Definitely, definitely the worst decision of my life drinking wise. <laughs> and that went from being we aren't we having fun to I'm afraid I might die to I'm afraid I might not die. <laughs> all all within the space of about an hour. And then I remember like being on the floor of the bathroom back in our room like clinging to the tile so that I wouldn't be flung into space. Wow. Wow. And my girlfriend was was right there and saw the whole thing and took care of me. And uh, despite all of that, married me anyway. Oh, well, your wife is amazing. That's She's true, one of the wife. most amazing people I know. And this is true. This is true. Yes. Yes. So wow. it's never it's never too late to make a really bad drinking decision. That's true. I, I try to enforce that theory regularly. Val, what is your best drinking experience? Okay, I just want to point out that I didn't even drink a drop on my 21st birthday. But my friends thought it would be a great idea to surprise me and make up for all this on my 23rd birthday. I was supposed to show up at the bar and just meet Alicia to have a chocolate cake shot. And when I got there, the bar was filled with a bunch of friends. And everyone was buying me drinks, and we busted out the game Trouble. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say we busted out the game Trouble? Yes. You wow. fucking <laughs> And then we played some trivial motherfucking pursuit. <laughs> yeah, just like we did in prison, bitches. <laughs> it was checkers. It gets better. Fucking dominoes. Okay. <laughs> I'd only been married for like a year or two. <laughs> um, so we're playing trouble, and my drunk ass is like, "I don't like your role." I'm popping it for people so they can get better roles. Okay, and then finally, I go, apparently, what I don't remember is by this point, I had already snatched two drinks from the, the bar owner's wife. <laughs> drunk way more than I recall of like flavored vodkas and Jaeger bombs. The whole shebang. Um, I go, I've got to pee. And I stumbled my ass. They're like, don't you need help? Don't you need help? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I remember going into the bathroom and doing my business. 
And I remember looking in the mirror and I'm like, I'm not that drunk. And then it goes black. <laughs> and then and then it goes in all audio memory. That's all I remember is hearing stuff, not seeing stuff. And I'm like, well, I feel like I'm halfway upside down. And I realize my husband has flung me over his shoulder. And it's him walking me out to the car over his shoulder. And his and I hear his friend Lou and he's like, well, who 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 has the keys? And Justin goes, shit, she has the keys on her. And I'm like, I got the keys. And they start laughing, being stupid. <laughs> so I had to put down the, the tailgate and slap my ass on the tailgate. And I'm like, you can't have them. And he's like, where are they? I'm like, I don't know. He finds them in my pocket, <laughs> loads me into the car, goes black for a bit. And next thing I know, someone's got me under my arms. I, and mind you, I don't usually know anything. I'm just hearing stuff and making starchy comments and giggling the whole time, apparently. My husband has me under the arms. His brother, who was living with us at the time, has me from the legs. And my pants start to fall. Your pants start to fall off? Nobody can hear you saying that. I may say, quick, drop me like a whale. <laughs> drop you like a whale. At the time, what did you think that meant, Val? I don't know. That's all I remember. And then I woke up halfway. I woke up completely naked, halfway on the on the floor, halfway out of my bathroom, with an oxygen tank in my face. <laughs> what is it? And my husband's asleep on the floor next to me, naked. <laughs> what the hell happened? I was so sick. <laughs> But he said he swore I stopped breathing. <laughs> he says, you're not allowed to get drunk ever again. <laughs> and then Wow, you really can't handle your liquor, can you? Nope. Nope. I get funnier. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, drop me like a whale. <laughs> um, I'm going to use that, actually. You're totally using that. <laughs> Make me the operator. Drop me like a whale. There it is. <laughs> Don't we have to explain make me an operator? We can explain make me okay. an operator. So a lot of times when I'm on regular video chat with these guys and we're not recording, my son's playing a video, his Minecraft. And some of the phrases that have been shouted more often than most is, hey, hey, make, make me the operator. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know what this means in this game, but he says, Make me the op. No, I, I, no can't, I can't. I can't ride the horse. Make me an operator. I can't do that. I can't do that for you. But uh, make me the operator. <laughs> what is this marketing going on? The best one was when I was on with Vanessa, our other editor, and he goes, "I'm, I'm starving. I'm starving. You burnt all the food, and and you haven't fed me, and I'm starving. I'm gonna die." She goes, "You need to go." <laughs> it's in the game. <laughs> what about you adam our producer my most drunk my most drunk well okay well there's two there's a fun one and then there's another one that was really bad but the fun one was oh god it was like three or four years ago and this story isn't indicative of who i am as a person today so we'll just keep that in our front pockets for the duration. It won't be that long. But um, 
It's a warning. This is past Adam, not current Adam. No, another disclaimer. When I've had enough uh, alcohol, usually it's white wine. I I become a little, I don't know what to call it, klepto-y. I get sticky fingers. And it's not because I'm trying to steal things. It's because I think it's hilarious. So (laughs) I was invited... I was invited by my older brother um, to a big party. I guess someone had just done something great. I don't know. But I was invited, and I didn't know anyone there, so I invited my best friend, who just pours gasoline on my fire and vice versa. So we're just like the worst people to invite to a party. We're also only social for about 20 minutes, and then we steal something and leave. So what what happened was... (laughs) We're at this party with all these people, and a couple of them um, were doing, like, these fire dances with, like, I don't torch thingies and fire fans and stuff, and they were having a good time, and we were talking to one of them, and it wasn't because we were interested in what she was doing. We wanted to steal her can of kerosene because we wanted to take it out to the road, draw a pentagram, and set it on fire. Well... <laughs> We found out that that doesn't really work because the kerosene just soaks into the ground and or the concrete, and we couldn't set it on fire. And we were too embarrassed to bring it back. And the entire time this party was going on, the cops were coming. That's just what? like it was a big old party. We were, I mean, everyone there was old enough to drink, so I don't know why we were like afraid of the cops coming. But that was like the main thing. Um, we also. Where we thought it would be hilarious to go up to people's cars and see if they were unlocked because we didn't want to be around anyone else. We didn't have our own car because we took an Uber there because we were trying to be responsible. So we just wanted to sit in someone's car and chill out and have fun. We ended up taking, for no reason, someone's flask out of their, um, what do you call that, the center console. We just took it. And then we also, before we left, we took as much alcohol as we possibly could and got an Uber and left. And then I woke up on um, my friend's bed in a little bit of vomit. And then my dad called me and and yelled at me because my dog had diarrhea. So that was... Out of the good story. What? That was the good one. <laughs> Okay, never mind. Oh my goodness. I had fun. I had lots of fun. The whole thing was fun. But yeah, just remember that thing I had you keep in your front pocket. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Erica. Um, hey, there's a bunch of missing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wonder where crap in my house has gone, and now that makes a lot of sense. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Past tense. Past tense. No, I'm just teasing. I love Adam. Okay, so my best and wow, there's a lot. So, <laughs> so uh, I'll help. Uh, Jen can help because she's been my DV many times. So one of the most interesting times was um, I did. It was a, at a birthday. I think it was my birthday, if I recall correctly. <laughs> it was at a nightclub, and a bunch of people came. And here's the thing that's interesting. So. Cherry bombs were the drink, drink of choice back then, just many moons ago. But the problem you've got to realize is you should not drink that much Red Bull. 
Like, cause normally they put an entire can of Red Bull in one of these cherry bomb shots, Ugh. right? So you're, you're dropping the cherry vodka in a can of Red Bull basically and chugging it. So at the end of the night, I can tell you that I accounted for 18 that I had ingested. Oh no. Yeah. So, um, I don't usually puke. I think Jen can attest to that. I'm usually not a puker. My poor car. <laughs> yeah, but this night I did throw up on her car, which was probably good because it if I had the what? It's out the window. It was fine. Yeah, it wasn't in the car. So at one point okay, said I didn't okay. throw up in the car. I did throw up out of the car. But I have to say I don't remember any of that. It was probably good because I may have died had I not done that because the <laughs> amount of Red Bull in my system was astronomical. Here's you, the last you thing. Polite. I was polite? You were. You were like, wait, wait, stop. Pull over. So I stopped, and you just, op- like, kicked the door open and, like, sagged to the side and threw up. And then later on, you you threw up out the window, and then I had to wash my car. But <laughs> you were very polite about the whole thing. Such a lady. I was a, a polite drunk. But this is the last thing I remember. I was dancing. Um, one of my friends was making out with another person there and the term that they use for where is, where is this person was, oh, she's making out with Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the last thing I remember is them playing the Prince song kiss and then waking up in my bed. But here's the thing is me and Jen got on a plane to New York the next day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And so two things had happened. One, I was wearing these earrings that were really cute, except for they had stuck to the side of my face and were bright pink or whatever. They were cute at the time. And so I had this pink stain from where this earring had been on the side of my face because it apparently had gotten wet. I had a vase of flowers an ex-boyfriend had sent to me. Uh-huh. And I had managed to smash this vase. I don't remember any of this. In my room, flowers, glass, water, fucking everywhere. And I hit my head on a small nightstand and I had a minor concussion, but I had to be on a plane that next morning. So, and a black how, eye. And a black eye. And <laughs> that's how I went I to New York City. see her. <laughs> there and I was like, oh my God, you died after I left. You died. Huh? Yeah. She got me in the room and then I died. And that, yeah. that was the... Then I went to New York City. So moral of that story for those listening is if you're going to get blackout drunk, do it in your own home. And don't have your ex-boyfriend send you flowers. Apparently that can cause you to go into a blackout rage when you're drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So thanks to all for sharing these wonderful stories. Well, thank you, Adam, for asking. Um, I wanted to ask, um, uh, Erica, Val, Jen, I don't know about Austin, you guys, um, Four Horsemen Publications, you are own a publication company. What's that been like? What is the, what did you expect? What is unexpected? What do you love about it? What do you hate about it? The unexpected part was my inability to spell the word publications, apparently. (laughs) All the actions is wonderful. (laughs) So, so we'll know who our first year supporters are Bye. as I start to fix everything. <laughs> I'm sorry, Adam. So you got to explain what you're talking about. Okay, okay. So Easter egg time. You'll know it's a first edition 
when it says public actions <laughs> on the full title page on the inside of the typeset because my dumb ass, yeah, okay, let's back up. I still have a day job that I'm working 40 hours for. I've got two small children. Um, there's a lot of personal health stuff happening behind doors. So all the work I do for Four Horsemen is after the family calms down at night and I get those few precious hours to try to make magic happen. And my magic involves creating covers, creating the, the typesets, or writing either as Valerie Willis, uh, V.C. Willis, or Honey Cummings. And sometimes Val is going too fast for her own good, and I don't wait for people to double-check my work. And that's how we end up with the misspelling, because it only took construing or flip-flopping two keys to make publications publications and to public actions on that that initial full title page. Well, so we've all done some public actions. We, I, I'm very famous for my public actions that do involve more cherry bomb stories, but that's for another time. Maybe we should just lean into that. Just go ahead and make it public actions. Just go ahead and make it two two words. <laughs> Horseman public actions. Public public actions. Yep. I I have to say. Um, it has been an interesting journey doing this. So we're, we've published about 40 books now so far yeah. since the beginning of January. Um, it is interesting uh, finding what works and what doesn't work um, and being a part of that. I think it's great because we're all friendly. We're all friends. Um, Adam, you are a part of it too, as we Maybe people don't know, but you're some of the, the glue behind the scenes. And um, I think that being a publisher and now learning from authors all the stuff that they go through when they actually answer our questions and don't just talk about things that might themselves, because there have been a couple of fun episodes. Um, <laughs> you learn all the good stuff and the bad stuff, and we've learned how to be better at this than other people, I think. That's my thought. Jen, yours? It's just been awesome to, to edit fun stuff. <laughs> and you guys are fun to work with. It's been good. <laughs> That's all I got. I do like I do like getting to read some portions of the books that we are are <laughs> Some of them are delightful. <laughs> <laughs> And that's just it. The, the, these are normally stories that I think get passed by traditional publishers all day long. And they're great reads. They don't have any hidden hidden agendas or, or underlying. Uh, they're not going to be, you're not going to see these authors on CBS Good Morning talking about some great debate. And that's well, not, not for their writing anyway, you know, just because. <laughs> you know. Right. right. <laughs> they get but, arrested for trying to have sex with a bus, you know, or something like yeah, that. But, there's something for just telling a story like that. These are, these are fun stories and we get to be part of that. So that's cool. Well, it's true. But we're, we're also, the cool thing is we're also all authors. So we get to talk about Austin. Let's talk a little bit about your authorship. Oh, that. Oh, is that all we got? <laughs> was there a question or was that just like an open-ended? No, I was going to ask a question, but then it got okay. weird. You made it awkward for a moment there. Discuss. Oh, I, oh, you call that awkward? I can, I can do so much better. Oh, then wow That's us with that. <laughs> um, what are you, what are you presently working on? 
Oh Lord, I've got so many projects lined up. It's ridiculous. I have got, I've got six books already on my website that I have promised the world um, that I have been working on slowly for several years, and then those both got sidelined because now I've got two more books. That, uh, well, three more books actually that just the ideas popped up recently and kind of got legs. So I'm working on those three at the moment. And then on top of that, of course, we've got the collaboration that I'm doing with you. It's, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So how, what is that? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, I've, yeah, I've got 11 manuscripts I'm working on right now. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What is the what's coming out first, do you think? Um, well, at the, at the moment, I think you and I are kind of on a roll with getting uh, it was meant to be or whatever done. So I think that one's probably going to be finished first. But uh, I've also got a project. I actually just finished um, I just finished one book in a series and I'm about to finish the second book in the same series. Uh, the one I'm working on right now is called Blood Rent and it's kind of a kind of a crime novel, although it's more of just a story of quirky characters in a small town. Um, and that one, that one will probably be done right about the same time as it was meant to be or whatever. So I think those are the two that are going to get done this year. Very cool. It was meant to be or whatever is the sequel to our book, 72% match, which involves very horrible people. Um, what mm-hmm. about- and, and so does it was meant to be or whatever. That's, that's our stock in trade is writing about horrible people doing horrible things and not learning anything and not getting any better. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I have to say, it's actually some of the most difficult writing to do because you want sometimes a character to get better, and these guys just don't. They're terrible. Um, well, as as an awful person, I actually find it really easy. <laughs> you are not an awful... Okay, I'm not going to say that. Um, what, about, what about you, Jen? What are you writing right now? I'm finishing the third book in my trilogy, Cloud and Zring. And I have, I have two weeks to finish it. <laughs> Yes, and but you have four books in that trilogy. Oh yeah, I do because it's a trilogy in four parts. No, because the extras, uh, the short stories book, that's done. That's just, that's coming out. Um, so I have to finish book three and uh, get that, and then it's all done, and I could start a new series. Do you know what you might start a series of? Yeah, I have a, a demon series. Um, Call me forth. This is the first one, and that's soon-ish. <laughs> Awesome. What about Call you? Call me though? fourth. Shouldn't that be the fourth book in the series? I know, right? Because <laughs> I wrote one already called Invite Me In, and then I wrote a prequel, and I suck at names and titles. So Erica helped me with Call Me Fourth, which I was like, yeah, that works. Same structure. I like it. You want to see what the original title was? <laughs> okay, that was my working title because I didn't know. Huh? I knew a character, and I knew that the the band Kiss was involved somehow. So So the title was? (laughs) We don't don't need to talk about that. Oh, we do, though. But we do. Mr. Pinkerton and the band Kiss or something like that? Mr. Pinkerton was in it. What was it again, Jen? Pilkington is the the demon. And then uh, the great Kiss caper. Um, the, the, kiss, yeah. the band made a movie in the 70s. I don't even remember this. Of what this is about. Mr. Pinkerton and the Great Kiss Caper. It's like, like a Scooby-Doo Like episode. a steam or a steampunk novel of, or graphic novel of some sort. Or It definitely sounded very YA. Yes. 
middle grade fiction-ish at that point. I feel very Sherlock Holmes, the great kiss caper. <laughs> Except I made Paul Stanley a demon for real. But he's not the demon in the band, so I was like, <laughs> he's not the demon. <laughs> I'm glad you found that. What about you, pal? The great kiss caper, you know, and then maybe like the the kiss takes Manhattan. Right? There's a whole series there. This is not a Muppet movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's just because I love kiss and muscle. What what am I not working on? This is an audience listening. I know you can get this. First of all, this is not a video program. And second of all, everybody doesn't follow you around. Why do you forget that? I don't know. I do. <laughs> Austin does. I've seen him. Oh my it's god! It's like that. But gift. she never detects me because I, I walk sideways very slowly, three steps at a time, holding a bush in front of my face. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm undetectable. <laughs> um, I ignore my children. Maybe I'm just mixing the two. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm trying to um, tie up the end for Artemis, which is book four in the Cedric series. Um, lots to unfold, some e- new epic battles, um, great banter happening between the characters because they're all actually on a proper quest for for the for the first time and enjoying themselves uh, at it. And then um, I'm working on Honey Cummings. Uh, wanton woman in white so now we're getting into paranormal urban legends for the next three books laying with the lady in blue should be coming out either during or after this episode right right, right. no right before the episode airs yeah okay and then let's see vc willis i've got to uh i've got a rough outline for so the first book's the princess priest so the second book is the priestess assassin so i've got to um work out the the full plot for that book a little bit and get that going um oh and then the princess peace bed which is the other little urban short story and then writer's bane i'll have to edit again when it comes back from jen Am I missing something? I'm sure you are, but I, I don't care. And then I think you don't care. <laughs> We're all missing something. We're writers. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm writing. I'm a writer, and I write a lot, a lot. Oh, and the world building stuff. We're doing that too. World okay. building. Yeah. World building. World That's building. coming out from our publication company. Yeah, the writers' being research is the one I was working on. And change uh huh yeah definitely uh, yeah yeah whatever yeah. that was Jen is working on the world building side that's what she was trying to say yeah that was nice that was nice because that wasn't even really sounds very no, well no no that was me tripping on my tongue is that because we should drop you like a whale or make you the operator <laughs> make me the operator make me the operator. <laughs> Erica, what are you working on? Yeah, oh, Erica. what am I working on? Well, for under the name Erica Lamps, I like being under two names because I write under two names. I actually have a collection of um, my short stories, which are horror short stories um, coming out. It's under the book title is Illusions of Happiness. Um, so 
that was pretty cool. Actually, my boyfriend helped me name that book. And then um, I have my first actual full-length novel coming out this year called I Hunt You. And it's in the Florida Hunting Grounds series. And it's a serial killer novel. And it's part of a trilogy. Um, So that's coming out. And then under Dahlia Lance, I have... It was meant to be or whatever, which is the sequel to um, 72% Match. And then I have the sequel to Slumming It on Slut, uh, a sequel to My Home on Whore Island, which is Slumming It on Slut Street. So that is coming out in um, September, which is really exciting because that's taken way too long to get done. So those are those are what I'm working on. I don't do shorts. I do longer stories, which is exciting, I guess. And then there's dead air, so it's not really it's exciting. Dead, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Good job. Good job, I wanted to ask, how has the um, COVID Skype series been going? How do you guys feel about it? Well, I missed Austin. That's the number one thing no. that I missed on the COVID. Yeah, she keeps missing me, but she keeps firing. Eventually, she's going to learn to lead me enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think we think we all miss you being on the podcast regularly, Austin. Oh, you're too kind. No, it's true. I do miss Austin. I miss the banter. Um, That's why I'm here. I I, I can't handle not touching. <laughs> okay, you know you just made that really fucking weird. Like, I just, so Val came over to my house today to record some. Can you not be total? This is why people. Think we're in a relationship on things. You do not help this situation. Wait, you're not. <laughs> Thanks, Val. Yep, that's where that goes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I thought you were like Rizzolian Styles. This is like the time I said awesome to Mark Muncy's like kids eating my greeters, and you're like, no, no, it's not. Yeah, and Mark Muncy's like, yeah, so kids and children were fed to gators for oh spectators. Like, awesome. She's like, that's awesome. I'm like, no, it's not. Awesome. <laughs> what not? is going on? <laughs> well, she was talking about the Mark Muncy episode. So Val does have a tendency to completely <laughs> stick her foot in her mouth and say things. That's why you guys brought me on. Is that why you think we brought you <laughs> yes, on this? Yes. No, it has or be. stick someone else's foot in her mouth. You know, there was that one episode that was pretty strange. That's true. That episode, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, you know it's interesting. My face is so red. <laughs> yes, it is. Nobody can see it though because this again is an audio podcast. I don't know why that has to keep being reiterated to you. I did, I can't help myself. Yeah, we all know that. <laughs> we know that. Um, I think doing the podcasts like we are right now via Skype has been it's had its challenges because obviously we've had a few technical difficulties at times and what really sucked is we got this great audio equipment and had really nailed doing these in-person um, recordings and then pandemic pandemic and I think it, it it's interesting how it's affected a lot of our author guests like a lot of them have told us that they got to dress up for the first time in months and months. I was just thinking about that. Like how many people just wear whatever and then, oh no, going to be on camera. So I have to put on real clothes. And then we're like, it's an audio recording, but cool. I'm glad you yeah. put on makeup. So I'm glad you put on pants, but did you? 
<laughs> I don't. We never wear pants. No, we don't. Literary briefs. I always wear pants. I sleep in my pants. Okay, you know what? We're learning so much about your personal life. <laughs> Unless you get really drunk and wake up on the floor of a bathroom next to an oxygen tank. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> and the oxygen tank was wearing pants. <laughs> it had stickers. It had pasties. <laughs> pasties. Octopus pasties. When Val's over there, do you guys still do a fruit and cheese plate, or is that just? No, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to eat food while we record anymore. No, I'm not allowed. Like we actually have lunch sitting over there. I don't let her eat because when she's nervous, like she was, she totally fangirled. She fangirls on things, (laughs) and and so I think we're all fans of some of these authors, which is fine. But instead of maintaining cool, calm, and collective, Val babbles. And then if she's nervous, <laughs> she eats and then chokes on what she's eating. Because so, I'm trying to babble with food in my mouth. Yeah. So after this happened yeah, the third time. That is she, taking cool to the next level, you know? <laughs> Just like when I had my face inside my shirt. Yeah. And nobody can hear you because, again, it's an audio <laughs> recording, not a video. I can't tell. That's the beauty of it. That's okay. <laughs> Make me right. the <laughs> I, I do have a, I have one more question before we get um, closed up here. We have a few more minutes, um, but that's probably I should have asked this in the beginning because now we're getting to the end and it, and I don't know how you guys would respond to it. But with this like extreme isolation that most of us aren't used to, where we're not going to work every day, or usually at home most of the time. Has that affected the way you're writing or the emotion you're putting into your writing for you guys as authors? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm writing more now than I have in months. <laughs> it's only because we're pressuring you now, Jen. Well, now I have real deadlines, so I, I work well with a fire under my ass. But um, yeah, I before I would spend, I feel like I spent my time in my car. I was always driving somewhere and now I'm home. So I have a lot more time to just focus on writing. I also stay up all night. So that helps a lot because I don't have to get up in the morning because I could do my work whenever. What about you, Austin? Oh, you know, my biggest challenge has been temperature. Because for, for anyone who doesn't know, I live on a sailboat and... Uh, during the heat of the summer, there is an air conditioner, but it's small and underpowered, and it's not up to the task. And so in the heat of the summer, it will get to be almost 100 degrees inside the sailboat during the middle of the day. Um, so day after day, there is a period of maybe four to six hours where it's just absolutely unbearable. So I just I have a really hard time being productive doing anything during that time so like in the morning like before around 11 it's not bad and then after about you know maybe six o'clock it's okay but that that middle part where yeah it's just it's so unbelievably impossibly hot that you you just can't do anything except just like lie there naked rubbing yourself with damp paper towels that oh that's an image yeah yeah. Now, see, it used to be I wasn't there during the day because I was at the office. But okay. now I'm working remotely, so I'm just on the boat all the time. So that has severely cut into my ability to function. 
So then in the evening, I have to make up for that. So I end up kind of working late because once the temperature returns to a normal human level, you know, I do everything that I didn't get done during the middle of the afternoon. That makes sense. Val? Um, I cannot escape my children now. <laughs> you have to understand, Link and Levi, I love them to death, but... but Make me the operator. Make me the operator. Make me the operator. Link <laughs> uh, has gotten me uh, a few times with stuff. I'm trying to remember the latest thing he he said to me. Uh, we we went and hung out with some friends for the week, like a, a slumber party, because we've both been isolated since the beginning of March. So we haven't really gone anywhere, and our kids are driving us crazy. So she's like, look, I got a spare room. You and the kids come over for a week and, and have a mini vacation that way. And uh, at the end of it, Link turns to me, he goes, best vacation ever. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I'm like, oh, yeah. you saw humans. You saw other humans. Yeah, yeah, no. But he also downed, like, an entire box of strawberry waffles, and no one knew he was eating them because he wasn't using the toaster. He was just eating them straight up frozen. <laughs> <laughs> like a summer snack? <laughs> Well, I didn't see him use the toaster. I'm like, I didn't see him use the toaster. And then we, we caught him with the last one, ice cold. Jeez. I was like, oh, my God, kid. Uh, he's a ninja. Uh, but, no, I, I used to, like, uh, Sunday ritual was four to six hours at a cafe. I'd, I'd go before anyone in the household was awake and be there until about noon uh, and come home with lunch kind of thing or come home and cook lunch. But that gave me such a quiet, focused time and a, in a, you know, in an environment that I enjoy, that I would bring out five thousand words, and I've lost that. So I, again, I'm having to write long hours during the evening times after everyone has passed out, and I can get peace and quiet and focus. I think for, it's been it's been. I've done more writing because now I we set up a, a call and sit down and actually write. I've done more writing than I've done in a while. But I'll say I do have to get through some of the, like, I, I don't want to say I've been more stressed out, but I feel more drained by the time I get done. Like, after doing my, my work schedule, I have Zoom calls back to back to back to back to back to back. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, no breaks for lunch. Sometimes I just have to cut the Zoom call off and go, hey, guys, I got to run real quick because I have to pee. And I haven't peed after three hours or something um, because of that. And I find doing calls like that is, um, like, it's more physically and mentally draining than doing an in-person meeting. Because I feel like something that takes a half an hour on on zoom could have taken five minutes in person to get it done. And you also find like you have to enunciate better when you're over Skype and well, those of us that enunciate better. You, you, you oh. have to what better Erica? Enunciate. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Thanks. Um, but I, I do, I find like, I feel like I'm putting more effort so that by the time the end of the day occurs, I I'm, I'm very tired. Like I have to re rejuvenate myself to go, okay, nope, now we gotta work on writing stuff. And that's a little been a little draining, I would say. So but 
And I miss people. I mean, Val's here yeah. with me right now because she banged count. on my door and I, I felt count. bad turning her away to the <laughs> cops again. But um, <laughs> last I, time I was here, there was a tornado. She just makes up stuff. It was back at her house was the tornado. Yeah, that's We all make up stuff. That's our job. There was tornadoes everywhere. Yeah, yeah. She was Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> All this oh. stuff happens to me. See, I don't, I really, I don't know, maybe I've been home since March. Like, I should miss people, but I feel like I see enough people on a screen. I'm good. I, I have people in my house. I'm, I don't, I don't remember when I was alone the last time. Like, there's always someone around me. Like, I used to be in my car all the time, and I would be by myself, and I'm never by myself. I don't listen to as many audiobooks, I'll say that. Uh, yeah, exactly. I yeah. drive my car, like, you know, to get groceries or something. It's like, take the car, because it hasn't moved in, like, you know, 10 days. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I'm really glad we were all able to get on here. That's my in the background. I'll just wait that one out. I do my best to cut that out. I, I think people should know that your dogs decide when we're doing the podcast that that yeah. is prime time to communicate about stuff that means nothing. Or anytime I'm on a work call, it, it, the whole day I couldn't ha I couldn't have a call until maybe four o'clock in the afternoon, and then that's when they want to start barking. But anyways, I am glad that we were able to. Um, get on this call today. I'm glad we are able to um, have everyone here. I'm sure we'll all be glad when we're able to do this in person again. That'll be nice. That will yeah, be 2023 is going to be great. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. That's so true. Oh, my God. But uh, we here at Drinking With Authors want to wish everyone um, happy times during the COVID-19 crisis. And I uh, we'll hope to give you more of these episodes moving forward. Anything before we sign off, people? No, Wear a mask. Wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. After going on the whole thing about not being political, you just got political. I meant political in my books, not in my life. <laughs> yes, I will I care about elven alliances and who's going to be king. That stuff bores me. Yeah. But I will say, if you're an author out there, just remember that there are different difficulties that you're going to run into throughout your writing career. And it's different for every single one of us, but we, the entire reason we did this podcast, uh, mine was to drink a lot, but other than that was to be able to share with you guys all these different aspects and views of writing and to help you find ways to just make your writing career even better. And even though you could be alone out there and there's a lot of people not doing well, but if you're listening to this and you're not doing well, we're out here and we're, we support you vicariously in your writing endeavors. And we're going to continue to do our best to keep you entertained and educated and drunk and drunk and drunk and writing and writing. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's great to be able to hear, you know, uh, different levels of success. Only you can define what your success is on your own author journey and don't let anyone else choose what that, what that bar is. Yes. Choose awesome. your own bar. Perfect. Perfect. That'll be the title of this episode. Choose your own bar. <laughs> I miss you guys and love you guys. 
All right. We miss you. We, I miss you guys, too. Um, I was going to say, my name's Adam. Thank you for uh, coming to coming to listen to this podcast. We have had Erica Lance, Valerie Willis, Jan Piquette, and Austin Scott Collins on today. So, uh, listen to us. Thank you. Thank you. You have the mouse, lady. I don't know why I wave. Like, I would never wave. I'm not going to wave when I'm on the end of a, of a call. Like, I would wave. Stop recording. I'm down. Bye. Yeah, Stop. Stop.